Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson with the July 22nd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As usual, today's show is brought to you by my favorite airport, the Augusta Regional, as well as Janice Allen Jackson and Associates LLC, which is my management consulting firm. Today, we get back to election coverage. As you are aware, the runoffs in Georgia will take place on August 11th. Today, we have candidates from the District 9 race, uh, those being Ms. Francine Scott and Mr. Corey Johnson. They will talk to you a little in response to two questions. The first being, what does the Augusta Commission need most and why do you believe that you can provide that to this commission? But before we get started with them, I want to go back over last week's show. I've gotten some feedback first, you know, feedback that maybe I did not need to have Sheriff Williams as my guest. Uh, and next, some feedback in anticipation of that show about the fact that we as African-Americans are not necessarily monolithic which is to say that we all don't think the same things at the same times. Uh, there are reasons that we look at situations differently. And that is one point that I wanted to make from that show. But another point that I wanted to make from that show is that we need to think critically. Uh, every day at the end of the broadcast, I talk about the need for uh, having wisdom and a sound mind. Well, part of that means that we're going to be able to think critically and independently and make our own decisions based upon a solid set of facts. Last week, as Sheriff Williams talked, he talked from his perspective as a law enforcement officer, um, based upon his experience as a training uh, supervisor and trainer, uh, as well as as an African-American man. And he displayed the necessity of being able to look at each circumstance differently. He talked some about the Ahmaud Aubrey case in Brunswick, where that uh, young man was murdered by uh, civilians as he uh, jogged through their neighborhood. He talked about the George, George Floyd case in Minneapolis, uh, where, you know, as we've all seen, the four officers were involved in his death. And then he talked about the Rayshard Brooks case at Wendy's in Atlanta, uh, which, like the others, ended in the death of an African-American male, uh, but the circumstances were different. And he spent that time pointing out uh, what some of those differences are and why he sees that case in a different light from the others. And I make that point because I want everyone to be able to look at situations on their own merits. Uh, one of the key attributes of having a sound mind is being able to distinguish the difference between one case and another. You look at the similarities and you look at the differences, uh, and I hope that you were able to see that as part of his thought process when we covered that last week. Uh, one other thing I'd like to talk about is uh, where we are in terms of the coronavirus and uh, public health, it has occurred to me as uh, I've seen all of the backlash against wearing masks, uh, we can see that now most of the major national 
chains, uh, major retailers in this country are now requiring that anytime you enter the store, you'll have to wear a mask. Now, um, that scared me a little bit and not scared me because I don't want to do it. It scared me on behalf of the men and women who work in those stores. Uh, we know that they are not some of the highest paid individuals uh, in our workforce. Uh, and I know that they're going to be confronted with many situations with people who just don't want to comply with the requirements that have been laid down by those national chains. So I unfortunately anticipate that there are going to be some tough times uh, for folks working in there to have to say repeatedly, ma'am, sir, we need you to wear a mask. Uh, we've seen some cases on television where uh, folks who ch attempted, shoppers attempted to come in and were told that they couldn't, and they got very belligerent with the folks who worked there in many, some instances resulting in injuries. So um, I really uh, know that this is a critical time and my heart goes out to those folks who are working in those um, businesses. And I would ask that everyone be as cooperative as possible. The folks who were at there in the store didn't make those rules and regulations. Um, those were made you know, well above their level, and please don't take it out on those folks in the store. Also, as I look at that, uh, it caused me to, to reflect back on the discipline of public health. Uh, for those who think that the requirements have been too intrusive uh, when we are asked not to uh, get close to others, not to attend large gatherings, uh, we're asked to wear face coverings. Uh, some people really have begun to feel offended by those things. Um, and it appears that either they just don't care, they believe it is a hoax. And I've seen them say that on television. Some of them say, oh yeah, this, this thing isn't real. Just like having the flu, no big deal, et cetera, et cetera. So they either don't believe how serious it is or um, they just don't believe that anyone else has the right to tell them what to do. And as I think through that, I had to look up the definition of public health as a discipline. There are thousands upon thousands of people in our country who have uh, either undergraduate, graduate, or doctoral degrees in public health. And Public health exists to protect us. This is the perfect example of a public health challenge. Uh, when I look at the definition of public health, it says public health promotes and protects the health of people and the communities where they live, learn, work, and play. While a doctor treats people who are sick, those of us working in public health try to prevent people from getting sick or injured in the first place. They also promote wellness by encouraging healthy behaviors. From conducting scientific research to educating about health, people in the field of public health work to assure the conditions in which people uh, can be healthy. That may mean vaccinating children and adults to present, prevent the spread of disease, or it can mean educating people about the risk of alcohol and tobacco. It could also mean setting safety standards to protect workers and develop nutritional programs to ensure that kids in school have access to healthy food. So obviously public health is a broad discipline, 
But if you break it down, it is their job to uh, prevent and track disease outbreaks related to any type of communicable disease. And when we say communicable disease, that is any disease that can be passed from one human being to another by proximity. So there is an entire field of study and practice that has told us that the wearing of masks in public, that maintaining distance of at least six feet in public, that staying at home to the greatest extent possible, these aren't things that were just made up. These come out of the discipline of public health. The origins of public health began back in the late 1800s. Uh, as you think back, what were some of the things they were facing back then? Well, guess what? It was tuberculosis, or as some called it, consumption. That was the first real opportunity for the discipline of public health to get started and to, uh, to combat against that disease, to prevent that disease. And guess what? There are some small outbreaks of tuberculosis still left in this country, but not many. And that is because public health officials were allowed to do their jobs. So in the same way, let us please allow public health officials to advise us I am scared, in fact, horrified at how um, this has become a political debate as compared to a matter of science and public health. Um, you look at a situation where the governor has filed suit against the city of Atlanta for having instituted a prohibition on um, people going out without the mask. That is, they have mandated that people wear masks in public. And that's resulted in litigation. As always, that litigation is going to get expensive, um, very time consuming. It saps a lot of energy when this is the time that all of us needed to be coming together in order to uh, do everything we can to follow the direction of the scientists, the researchers, the medical professionals, those in the public health profession who have taken it upon them as their life's work to protect us. At this time, uh, let's talk a little bit about upcoming elections. As I indicated, uh, the uh, early voting begins on July 20th, which means it began this week. Uh, we will have opportunities for uh, people to go to the same locations that we've always had for, for early voting. Uh, in terms of absentee ballots, you know, last time the Georgia Secretary of State's office sent out applications for absentee ballots for the primary election that we had back on June 9th. They will not be doing that again this time. So it will be upon us to either go to uh, the Richmond County or your county, wherever it is that you live, go to that Board of Elections, or to go online to the My Voter page, Secretary of State's office, and uh, fill out, find that application. If you do find it there online, you'll do, you will need to have access to a printer. You fill it out online, you print it off, you sign it, and then you mail it back in. So uh, that requires several steps. If you don't have access to the printer, uh, you can always go to your local board of elections and request uh, an absentee ballot for this election. Otherwise, you can vote in person starting uh, at the Linda Beasley Community Room in the Municipal Building at 535 Telfair Street during that first week this week. That is the only 
voting location that will be available. Uh, our advanced voting begins at 8.30 a.m. until 5 p.m. and goes through Friday, July 31st. Also beginning August 3rd, three additional sites will be open for advanced voting. Those are, as I said, the typical ones, Henry Brigham Recreation Center, the Robert Howard Community Center at Diamond Lakes Regional Park, and the Warren Road Recreation Center. Extended hours for advanced voting will begin Monday, August 3rd, 2020, through Friday, August 7th, at all four locations between 8.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily. So those are your options for voting. Um, if you want to get that absentee ballot, I would suggest that you request it as soon as possible because again, there's a mail process. It's got to get to them and then they've got to get the absentee ballot back to you. So with that being said, uh, let's get prepared for this election by listening to our candidates. Ms. Scott, uh, congratulations on making the runoff. Uh, for this round, I have a couple of questions to ask you today. And the first question is, what does the Augusta Commission need most? The, uh, the Augusta Richmond County Commission uh, needs um, cohesiveness. They need um, to be able to demonstra demonstrate the ability to, to uh, build coalitions uh, within the body itself with the, uh, with the mayor and, and the community and all the stakeholders that do business with uh, our, our county government. Uh, I think, you know, we, they need to have the reputation, to, a reputation now of honesty and integrity. And uh, also I think um, they should have some experience in the oversight and the day-to-day -day operation um, experience on what makes a government run, how it's run. And I know they know it, but I think they need to know it, the business part of it, um, to help them um, work together uh, in a, a cohesive, a cohesive way. And tell me, as you are seeking this office, why do you believe that you can provide, provide that cohesiveness to the body? Because of my 30 years of governmental experience, I've uh, walk, worked my way up the ladder from a secretary up into the executive and management level. I worked as a team leader. I went around and did community coalition and community um, uh, building with the state government. Uh, and I also uh, had uh, uh, staff that I had to work with uh, in different areas, not necessarily in my office, but throughout the state that I would have to uh, make sure that we were all on one uh, accord and that I had the leadership ability to lead, but let them do the work. And I think that's one of the things that we have to look at as well, be, being leaders, but letting our directors uh, do their job. Uh, we've got 
just another moment, a minute left. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Sure. Again, I am Francine Scott, and I am uh, in a runoff election on August the 11th, and I bring three priorities with me uh, that I would like to see Super District 9 uh, um, grow on, and that's the bridge, the communication gap uh, with our local state and um, officials uh, advocate for the right edu uh, the right economic development in the area and of course we need to work on our infrastructure and prioritize it to the point that we won't be in just one ex one area but all of super district 9 and Augusta day I didn't hear you I said thank you so much for being with me today okay all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Remember, August 11th, runoff, Francine Scott, Super District 9. Congratulations, Mr. Johnson, on making the runoff for Super District 9. Um, thanks for being with me today. Got a couple questions for you. Uh, first, what does the Augusta Commission need the most? Well, again, first of all, thank you, Janice, for having me today. And uh, it's uh, indeed a pleasure to be here. To speak with you. Um, I will start by saying uh, the commission definitely needs to get the morale up. Um, you know, just watching it over the last you know year or two, I've noticed the morale of the, of the commission has went down a lot, and it's definitely taken its toll on the citizens. People are not happy. They're not uh, pleasantly, um, you know, uh, with with what they're seeing right now uh, on the commission and from the commission, if you will. And I think we need to do what is necessary to change the complexity of the commission and make sure that we. Uh, or, you know, the group of ladies and gentlemen that are up there, uh, we are attractive. We're attractive to obtain some of the best and brightest to come work for Augusta Richmond County. Um, I don't think anybody wants to come work in a climate that they feel is disruptive or uh, uncertain. And so um, I think we got to work very hard to, to work on changing that. And so uh, I had an opportunity in 2008 to join a team uh, that did just that. Um, you know, we was able to change the complexity of the, you know, in the face of the commission. And, you know, you got commissioners up there working well together. Uh, we had differences, we you know, we ironed them out in committee. Um, we didn't get out there and display those things on the floor. Um, and so uh, as a result, we got more accomplished and we had shorter meetings. Uh, we were more productive and we were able to attract some of the best people to come work for Gus Richmond County. And, you know, like I said, you know, you're just as strong as you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you don't have the right people uh, in place in the government to carry out the you know, responsibilities and duties uh, of the commission, as far as the citizens are requesting, then, of course, it's going to always be a challenge. So uh, we definitely got to do better there. And we got to We got to show the willingness uh, to get together and do what's best for the citizens, despite of our differences, you know, and things that we may agree or may not agree on. And so that's the main challenge that I see. Um, secondly, I see, you know, we got to work on our zoning ordinances. Right now, we haven't had an overhaul in the zoning department in a while. And as a result of being uh, a contractor myself, I talked to other, you know, potential business owners, and they have an issue because when they go into planning the zoning to pull permits, uh, they put them through a lot, you know, to get permits or, or even to get zoning ordinances passed. And so a lot of times they have to go through a lot. Uh, of red tape, they have to go through a series of meetings uh, before they can get zoned or properly zoned for some of these things. So I think when you look at uh, the total package and do a comprehensive overhaul 
and, 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 and really lay out how we want this community to look. What do we want Augusta to look like, whether it's downtown, East Augusta, South Augusta, or West Augusta? You know, and that hasn't been done. And so I think we got to start making sure that we're showing the world that we're open for business. We have an annual event every year, and that's a, the, you know, the Augusta National Masters. You know, people come in from all, all over the country. And guess what? They're looking to come to the city and do business. But if when they come here, it's not inviting or they can't see past the commission or the issues that they may have, then as a result, they're not too eager to come here and do business. So we, we, gotta, we just got to do better with that. And I feel that, you know, I can bring something to the table that would bring the commission together and be able to make sure that uh, whatever it is we're doing, we're doing it in decency and in order. Okay. Got 15 seconds. What is it you want to share with our listeners? Well, I, I want to make sure that people understand they vote, don't roll over. Uh, this is a new election, so you must come back out and vote again. Uh, we showed out and showed up in record numbers uh, for this campaign, and we just need you guys to do that again. You can also visit us at electcoreyjohnson.com to get more information. And if you haven't voted uh, by absentee ballot and you want to do that, it's a link on my page that you can actually obtain that ballot, I mean, that application, and, and fill it out and get your, um, your ballot in the mail. So we look forward to seeing you down the campaign trail. And again, Janice, thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Corey. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. There you have it, uh, listeners. You have heard from the two candidates who emerged from the field. You will recall that for the Super District 9 seat, there were five candidates in the uh, primary election. You heard from the top two vote getters who were uh, Ms. Francine Scott and Mr. Corey Johnson. We thank them for joining us today. Uh, and I want to go back to one of the things I said prior to us bringing them on. I talked about the importance of critical thought. At that point, I talked about it in the context of the uh, police brutality and uh, violence against African-American men, uh, those events that uh, we talked about last week with Sheriff Williams. Uh, we put that in that context, but the idea of critical thought works in any context. As you think through the candidates, what they have to offer, what they talked about here briefly, uh, please go ahead and do your research with them so that you can make up your own mind about who it is that you want to support, who you think is worthy of your vote, and who would do the best job representing you on the Augusta Commission. Uh, you will also, I want to make note of the fact that you will also see on election day, uh, many times before that, there'll be a group that is endorsed candidates. Uh, it may be the name of a group that you're quite familiar with. It may be the name of a group that you've never heard of before. Um, there'll often be folks that'll be this organization, that name. They'll say, you know, we're endorsing this slate of candidates. I would always encourage you to do your best to find out who's behind that name, who are the people associated with that particular uh, organization. Sometimes it is a standing organization that uh, exists, has existed over the long term. Sometimes it's something that was just formulated for the purpose of making endorsements in um, this particular election or previous elections. So see who that is, who's behind that. Because uh, you always want to know who it is that is trying to persuade you to vote for a particular candidate. 
uh, as you uh, think through that, the next thing to get prepared for in terms of the elections is actually getting out to vote. I think when we talked about Super District 9 a few months ago, right after the June 9th election, that would have been the June 10th show, when we went back over that, uh, we talked about the number of people who voted. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, it was probably 17,000 folks or less who cast votes for the Super District 9 seat. And in that particular seat, that commissioner represents uh, 100, roughly 100,000 people. So you had a, had a situation where 17,000 people were casting votes to represent 100,000. Um, and the tendency, the general tendency is that in runoff elections, the turnout is typically smaller than it is for the primaries and for general elections. So a lot of times people get confused. They're like, did I have to do I have to really go back to the polls? Yes, you really do have to go back to the polls. If you're in Super District 9, which consists, consists of districts 1, 2, 4, and 5, uh, you need to go back to the polls or you need to request that absentee ballot as we discussed earlier. Also, if you're in District 3, there is a race. You'll need to go back to the polls or cast a ballot via absentee. Uh, and of course, District 1, for those of us like myself who reside in District 1, uh, I'll be voting for both District 1 as well as District 9 uh, when I vote. So uh, the importance of turnout, I looked just quickly at some stats as I prepared for this show, and I saw that in some states, uh, voter turnout is typically 10 or 12%. Georgia is not that low, but we're not that far above it. So, you, you know, we place a huge emphasis on asking people to get registered to vote. But then after they get registered to vote, they don't necessarily exercise uh, that right to vote. So uh, please, uh, let's follow this through. And this really is an exercise and follow through in terms of learning about the offices, learning about the people who want you to vote for them, uh, learning about the issues so that you can decide who it is that you want to represent you. Um, many of our ancestors fought, bled, and died literally for us to have the right to vote. So please exercise that right whenever you get the opportunity to. Also, uh, we will be having candidates for the other Augusta Commission districts. We'll have those uh, candidates in the runoffs in the subsequent weeks. So please stay tuned with us as you get prepared for uh, the election. Uh, the next two weeks, we'll have those candidates there. Uh, Finally, I'd like to point out that I am now on Spotify uh, in terms of the podcast form. Uh, typically, I tell you about how you can find the show on my website, uh, you can, uh, which is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. You can find it on, find me on SoundCloud. Uh, I have a profile set up there for the Local Matters podcast. You can always go there and find the show. Uh, you can uh, I set it up so that you send links to others, either via email or text or via social media. So there are lots of ways to get to this uh, information that I consider to be really good information for you to have. And now, extremely exciting. I've gone to Spotify. Uh, it has been wonderful to see. I can go in and check every day and see who has listened to me, not by name so much, but by country. And actually, we have had folks in at least two or three other countries decide to listen to the show, as well as people in various states. So I am just really excited 
excited that this information is reaching people. And while every show, while some of the shows are specifically geared toward the Augusta area, you know, much of the content that I provide is uh, of interest to people who are in other locales as well and just have an interest in local government and there's something that they can learn from what we're providing. So I'm really excited about the growth, really excited about the response, and I'm really excited about being here uh, on the radio and available through podcast form with you. With that said, it is time for me to sign off. And as always, I sign off with my favorite scripture. It is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. If there's only one thing you take from this show today, it is about the concept of developing that sound mind. As you analyze current events, as you analyze your choices with respect to elections, as you analyze uh, the various things that you may see on the news, things happening in your neighborhood and wondering how you can have an impact, uh, please uh, seek out wisdom at all times to respond to those issues. And tune in next Wednesday here on WKZK at 1.30 p.m. because local matters.